Chapter Twelve of the Human Machine by Arnold Bennett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: An Interest in Life. After a certain period of mental discipline, of deliberate habit forming and habit breaking, such as I have been indicating, a man will begin to acquire, at any rate, a superficial knowledge, a nodding acquaintance with that wonderful and mysterious affair his brain and he will also begin to perceive how important a factor in daily life is the control of his brain he will assuredly be surprised at the miracles which lie between his collar and his hat in that queer box that he calls his head for the effects that can be accomplished by mere steady persistent thinking must appear to be miracles to apprentices in the practice of thought when once a man having passed an unhappy day because his clumsy negligent brain forgot to control his instincts at a critical moment has said to his brain i will force you by concentrating you on that particular point to act efficiently the next time similar circumstances arise and when he has carried out his intention and when the awkward circumstances have recurred and his brain disciplined has done its work and so prevented unhappiness then that man will regard his brain with a new eye by jove he will say i've stopped one source of unhappiness anyway there was a time when i should have made a fool of myself in a little domestic crisis such as to-day's but i have gone safely through it i am all right she is all right the atmosphere is not dangerous with undischarged electricity and all because my brain being in proper condition watched firmly over my instincts i must keep this up he will peer into that brain more and more he will see more and more of its possibilities he will have a new and a supreme interest in life a garden is a fairly interesting thing but the cultivation of a garden is as dull as cold mutton compared to the cultivation of a brain and wet weather won't interfere with digging planting and pruning in the box in due season the man whose hobby is his brain will gradually settle down into a daily routine with which routine he will start today the idea at the back of the mind of the ordinary man by the ordinary man i mean the man whose brain is not his hobby is almost always this there are several things at present hanging over me worries unfulfilled ambitions unrealized desires as soon as these things are definitely settled then i shall begin to live and enjoy myself that is the ordinary man's usual idea he has it from his youth to his old age he is invariably waiting for something to happen before he really begins to live i am sure that if you are an ordinary man of course you aren't i know you will admit that this is true of you you exist in the hope that one day things will be sufficiently smoothed out for you to begin to live that is just where you differ from the man whose brain is his hobby his daily routine consists in a meditation in the following vein this day is before me the circumstances of this day are my environment they are the material out of which by means of my brain i have to live and be happy and to refrain from causing unhappiness in other people 
it is the business of my brain to make use of this material my brain is in its box for that sole purpose not to-morrow not next year not when i have made my fortune not when my sick child is out of danger not when my wife has returned to her senses not when my salary is raised not when i have passed that examination not when my indigestion is better but now to-day exactly as to-day is the facts of to-day which in my unregeneracy i regarded primarily as anxieties nuisances impediments i now regard as so much raw material from which my brain has to weave a tissue of life that is comely and then he foresees the day as well as he can his experiences teach him where he will have difficulty and he administers to his brain the lessons of which it will have most need he carefully looks the machine over and arranges it specially for the sort of road which he knows that it will have to traverse and especially he readjusts his point of view for his point of view is continually getting wrong he is continually seeing worries where he ought to see material he may notice for instance a patch on the back of his head and he wonders whether it is the result of age or of disease or whether it has always been there and his wife tells him he must call at the chemist's and satisfy himself at once frightful nuisance age the endless trouble of a capillary complaint calling at the chemist's will make him late at the office etc etc but then his skilled efficient brain intervenes what peculiarly interesting material this mean and petty circumstance yields for the practice of philosophy and right living and again is this to ruffle you o oh my soul will it serve any end whatever that i should buzz nervously round this circumstance instead of attending to my usual business i give this as an example of the necessity of adjusting the point of view and of the manner in which a brain habituated by suitable concentration to correct thinking will come to the rescue in unexpected contingencies naturally it will work with greater certainty in the manipulation of difficulties that are expected that can be seen coming and preparation for the expected is fortunately preparation for the unexpected the man who commences his day by a steady contemplation of the dangers which the next sixteen hours are likely to furnish and by arming himself specially against those dangers has thereby armed himself though to a less extent against dangers which he did not dream of but the routine must be fairly elastic it may be necessary to commence several days in succession for a week or for months even with disciplining the brain in one particular detail to the temporary neglect of other matters it is astonishing how you can weed every inch of a garden path and keep it in the most meticulous order and then one morning find in the very middle of it a lusty full-grown plant whose roots are positively mortised in granite all gardeners are familiar with such discoveries but a similar discovery though it entails hard labour on him will not disgust the man whose hobby is his brain for the discovery in itself is part of the material out of which he has to live 
if a man is to turn everything whatsoever into his own calm dignity and happiness he must make this use even of his own failures he must look at them as phenomena of the brain in that box and cheerfully set about taking measures to prevent their repetition all that happens to him success or check will but serve to increase his interest in the contents of that box i seem to hear you saying and a fine egotist he'll be well he'll be the right sort of egotist the average man is not half enough of an egotist if egotism means a terrific interest in oneself egotism is absolutely essential to efficient living there is no getting away from that but if egotism means selfishness the serious student of the craft of daily living will not be an egotist for more than about a year in a year he will have proved the ineptitude of egotism End of chapter 12